Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. I simply entitled this, Understanding Salvation. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. Probably three months with Joe just hearing the book of Luke and having it just wash over me and wash and just having that just beating in my chest, knowing that this is what I needed. And that was God that was ushering me into that. It's faith. And, and, and faith is necessary for salvation. God raised Christ uh, from the dead and, and, and we believe that and, and the Bible supports that. And so it's through believing in Jesus Christ you can't disassociate the, the salvation from faith. And Peter gives it to us in this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 5. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance un, uh, incorruptible and undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I love that. Like, there's a place, like if you've chosen to follow Jesus Christ, you have a place reserved in heaven. Reserved. It's waiting. Right? And, and it's, it, it is through, through the faith from, uh, for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. See, God's part, and he talks about it here, and, and as we look at 1 Peter, it's, you know, again, it's that term that he told Nicodemus, you know, you have to be born again. You become a new creation in Christ. The old dies. And, and God starts a fresh beginning. And I heard a pastor again, I, I remember sharing this with y'all not too long ago, it's as, as if Christ talks about the heart being the home and when we're first young believers, the only thing we want to let do let, let happen is Christ be on the piano, on the um, piano, on the patio. Hello. You want to just let him on the patio. You don't want to let him in the house yet, because there's a lot of filth and stuff in the house still that needs to go. But Christ wants more, and He goes, you know, I want to come into the living room or the kitchen. Okay, Lord, you come in there. Eventually, you give him a spot. You go, okay, Lord, you can have the guest bedroom. You know there's nothing in there, right? And eventually, Christ is down in the living room and he says, I smell something that smells like death. And you're like, what is that? I don't smell it. 
No, I do. It's in the closet upstairs in your room. And you don't want to give that stuff up. But as you're becoming a new creation in Christ, Christ is trying to deal with all that stuff through sanctification to help you grow. To reflect Him. Because He's saying that stuff has to go. And so you have to be born again. He told Nicodemus, who was the brightest, he would have known. And he's like, you don't know this? You must be born again. God saves. And what does it mean to be saved? And one of the things we talked about over the, the verses 1 through 3 is, first, I'm saved from the trespasses of sin. Right? This is why Paul goes over this. And this is why it's so important as we look at the Scriptures because Paul is in chains. And don't ever let Jojo put you in the handcuffs if you don't know how to do the secret handcuff unlocking because he lost the key. Because I couldn't get out of the handcuffs the other day. He keeps losing the key. And I'm like, man, don't do that. But Paul is in chains when he's writing this, right? And he's writing this to the church of Ephesus. And I want you to think about something here for a second. Paul is, is, is writing, and he persecuted the church as Saul. And when we think about the story of the prodigal son, when the father comes running up, it's when he's running up and is showing grace, it's showing mercy, right? But what does the other brother do? Well, you never did a, you never gave me anything. You didn't, you didn't kill a fatty calf for me. I kept all the rules. It was all the Sadducees and Pharisees. That's the representative of the, of the, the other brother. And that was Paul. That was Paul. Paul was trying to destroy, as Saul, trying to destroy the church of grace. He didn't like it. Because Paul was all about laws. And keeping the law. And works. And here he is telling us about grace. And he's in chains in a jail. And he tells us, like, you're saved from your trespasses and your sins. You're saved from being controlled by Satan. You're not following the course of the world anymore. At least you shouldn't be. You're saved from being a slave from lust of flesh and of the mind and of your sinful nature. That would have caused you to be destined for, to experience the wrath of God. So you're saved from the wrath of God. Those are all the negative things that you're saved from. What are the positive things that you're saved from? I've been raised from the state of death in my sins and I'm being alive in Christ. I've been, I've been saved for and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. I've been saved for the glorious future and eternity of blessings from the grace and kindness of God towards me. See, Paul has given us the contrast of what you were before what you are, and what you've been saved for. And it's a beauty that we see there, but he's saying, look, that you are, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And that refers to, as we refer to the faith of, of being saved, those that, that may hold on to the, the absolute sovereignty of God, and, and the exclusion of the responsibility of man, and, and that takes the, the viewpoint of your, your predestined, right? That, that you actually, their, their belief is that you have absolutely nothing to do with your salvation, right? You're predestined. You're chosen. 
And and so when you think about that, you're you're saved by by grace through uh, of God through faith. There the the position of that is that you're really it's really not your own faith. It's already been predetermined. And so whatever you do, you have no part of trying to fix. Like if I'm already predetermined to go to hell, I can't fix it. I'm gonna give you some scripture that will kind of tie this together. We remember that one thing that Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking into uh, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's by, by Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For I say, through grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of them himself more highly than he ought to think, but, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You know what? I think each of us have the measure of faith. We all question when you see creation. We all question when you are going through uh, somebody dies. And you're like, well, what happens to you when you die? You have a measure of faith. You're questioning that stuff. And it's... It, it, it's you know the the viewpoint of it, of it's all God or nothing. It's it's removing the exercise of choice, and that doesn't really. When you look at the the scriptures, we see choice all the time. God constantly through the scriptures gave choice in Deuteronomy thirty verse nineteen. It says, "I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death." Blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life that both of you and your descendants may live. You have the choice to choose between life or death. Blessing or cursing. In Joshua 24, verse 15. And if any seems, uh, seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve. Whether the gods, little g, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the rivers or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell but me and my but for me but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord who will you serve you choose between the false gods our Lord in Proverbs 129 it says because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord the reverence of God you choose to have that it's a choice. You have the knowledge that God will give you to understand the Scripture. But if you choose not to fear God, and you choose not to follow God, you're not going to understand the things of the Scriptures. You're going to struggle with it. That's why how many of us have opened up the Bible before Christ, and we're just like, you get, you get three verses in, and you're like, I don't understand this stuff. And you just close it up and put it away. They gave us Bibles before we went off to war. Now, I remember opening that thing a few times there and could not read it. I just struggled. And man, it, it, let me tell you something. When you come to know faith, when you come to know Christ, and he just, boom, the Holy Spirit. You start understanding. Now, let me tell you, there's some people that, they're smart. <laughs> like, I'm like, whew. The Lord gave them a double portion as they understand it. But that's, that's awesome because they're the ones who become apologists. They're the ones who can argue doctrine. And we need that because there's a lot of mess that's out there. And so that's why this summer, when we do our summer series, we're actually going to do, and I'm going to break down in our summer series, we're going to explain 
a few things that I want to go over scripturally. Homosexuality and what it says in the, in the Bible. And we're going to deal with it through scripture. Right? I think Mike Winger has an awesome, awesome four-part series. Matter of fact, that's fixing to start on the radio uh, a couple weeks from now. And so we got that on the radio, and it's out going out. I can't believe Mike Winger's not on the radio. So, But now he's in, in San Angelo and over here. But at the end of the day, it's cool because it, we want to deal with this stuff. We want to talk about worship. Something Alan Parr said that stuck out to me like a bullet to the head. Your worship lyrics should be able to be no different than the theology of that sermon, meaning that you should be able to take what's in that that song and it should match scripture and I was like whoa like, I've never done worship and, and so for me I, I'm, I think we should talk we should talk about it we should talk about some of the mess that's out there because there's a lot of it talking about that you can speak miracles you don't speak no miracles at all everybody's singing it it's bad theology that would be no different than me Jesus, and everything up here and it's not going to do you any good. You need exegesis. You need the context of Scripture. And so I think we're going to pick some topics that we'll go over during the summer. Usually what we do is around the end of June, we'll stop the book of Genesis for a bit. And then we'll do a summer series that we'll go through. And the summer series is more for Bible study. We'll talk for about 30 minutes online, and then we'll cut it off, and then we'll start asking questions and start trying to answer questions. And if I can't answer your question, I'll get back with you. Because I'm not the type of person that's going to sit there and try to appease you and tell you what you want to hear. If I don't know, I don't know. Because uh, just FYI, all pastors don't know everything. Okay? If nobody's told you that, I'm going to let you know that. That's a little secret. But I, for some reason, they think we know everything. I don't know. The, the people walk up to me, hey, you remember this thing in the Bible? I'm like, man, I'm studying like crazy Genesis and Ephesians. What are you talking about? I need to look at it. I'll get back with you probably sometime this afternoon. But we want to look at these. You have choice. And, and when we talk about the knowledge and we talk about the, um, the fear of the Lord, it's something that we choose. I choose to fear God. It's a reverence. I want the knowledge. In Isaiah chapter 56, 4, it says, For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant. They had a choice. If you think about it, Adam and Eve had a choice. Cain had a choice. Noah and the people had 120 years to choose to get on the boat. See, we forget that part of it because all we want to talk about is God's wrath, God's judgment. He gave them 120 years, and they didn't get on the boat. And, and, and again, you, as Paul writes this, he was Saul. He was killing people, having them put away. And yet, the grace of God, he becomes Paul. Paul had a choice. He may not have thought about it when he got knocked off the horse, but he had a choice. We have to remember that. You have a choice to love your wife or not, or to love your husband or not. You have this thing called free will. And that's what gets everybody in trouble. You know, my dad told me that one time. He goes, man, I don't know why God gave us free will. Because it's the biggest mess that we've ever had. Free will is the worst. <laughs> and I was like, dad. I was like, but you get to choose to follow God. He goes, I would rather just be a follower of God. Just, just, you know, but God didn't want to make robots. 
And finally, we see 1 Kings 18.21, and I love this verse. I've shared this with you all many of times. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? That's a great verse if you're sharing the gospel to somebody. Like, dude, how long are you going to falter between these two opinions? Of hell and heaven. Of God and Satan. Of the culture and Jesus. If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, follow Him. But the people answered him not a word. They had a choice. So we see if, if God is totally sovereign and man has no choice, then, then those who have been saved have been predestined to be saved. And those who have been unsaved, they're predestined to be unsaved. And it doesn't matter the choice in, uh, that man has. It's because that's hard for us to rationale because at the end of the day, if you're, if, if you're one of the ones that are unsaved and you've been predestined to be unsaved, how do you fix it? You can't. And so again, this is why we take a balanced approach with it. I'm giving you the both sides, and I want to make sure you understand. Like at the end of the day, we, we, we understand that you have been given choice to follow Jesus or not. And, and I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I, I love that because it's, I still believe, and I can look back, how the Holy Spirit was just moving me and trying to, like, wake up, knucklehead. What are you doing? Like, you need to make the choice. Like, surviving, you, you go to combat, you, it was hard because you're in my head, I'm thinking, you know what I kept running through my head? Thou shalt not kill. And I was like, God, I'm going to have to put you on the back burner because if I have to throw somebody down, we're going down. And I, I already know I'm going to be in hell. See, th these are the things that you're, you, you deal with in combat. Oh, what it wouldn't be great to have an evangelistic ministry through, the, <laughs> through combat. Instead, I had somebody beat me over the head with the Bible. But we need to understand, like at the end of the day, these are the things that we struggle with. But it's, it's great to know that, that God, man, I just look and can see God moving. And I look back at it and I go, man, the Lord was really trying to get a hold of me here. And I, I was just hard-headed. Salvation you can earn in verse 9, the second point. Not as a result of works that no, uh, no one may boast. And so you definitely cannot earn it. Jesus doesn't, if he doesn't go to the cross, if he isn't raised from the dead, if he's not resurrected, guess what? You're not saved. There's nothing that you did. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith in Jesus Christ, even when, when we have believed in Christ, Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. You can't earn it. There's no kind of work that you can do. There's no type of religion that you can follow that will get you there. And so it's, it's, it's the, the main point of that is so that no man will boast. Because... Just think about it. When you go fishing, Lord have mercy. You, now, you got to be careful because people can take those little fishing pictures and they expand it. And that fish that's this big looks like it's that big on the picture. Man, that's a big fish. It was only that big. You remember hearing stories that your uncles or your grandfather would tell you? And, and it would, by the time we get 20 years into the story, that, that, you know, 12 inch bass is now a 17 inch bass, and it weighed. It's like, no. We would boast. That's what we do. It's, it's, it's our sinful nature. 
that we want to we want to take the glory. And so that's why it says, so that no one may boast. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 30 and 31, it says, And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that is written, it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption, and the things are all wrapped up eternally in Jesus Christ. And who do you boast in? Jesus. That's it. That's it. And we have to remember that. So, you know, when I look at grace through the Bible, the Bible explains it. The Word of God explains it. But do you understand, like, in Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. The Word has to go out. We have, to be, we have to be willing to talk to people about, like right now, there are so many things that are apostasy that are being taught. We have to be, a, you have the answer, the correct answer. Like you have the test and the answer that people need, but you have to be willing to, to share it. We can't abandon the Word of God. Unfortunately, I've seen too many Christians abandon the Word of God. And, and you can use just simply green energy. We abandon the Word of God because the Bible tells me that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Creation's fallen just like we are. Now, we want to do things to help, but I mean, at the end of the day, at what cost? I would rather the gospel go out. We have Christians that have, my God, we have, we have apostasy where people are treating it like a God. A God. We have Christians, and this is one of the things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the, what's one of the things I want to talk about is Christians in government. You have people voting for abortion that are Christians. Thanks. Oh, oh well, you know what? I, man, I can't stand that guy, so I'm voting for this guy. And yet that guy doesn't open up so that way our young kids can be generally have, their, have the mutation done to them as they become trans. Like that goes against the word of God. And, and we need to be able to stand on the Word of God. We need to, especially as Christians, as, as we look at Scripture alone, that's what we, we need to look at. And unfortunately, the culture, we see a culture that is very self-reliant. They're very self-reliant. They believe that they'll get themselves to heaven. That's what they believe. You know, should they ban TikTok? Oh, yeah. But you know why they should ban TikTok? It's not the government stuff. It's because they're teaching witchcraft on TikTok. They're teaching them how to cast spells. They're teaching them how to follow Satan. They're teaching them things that, that children should not know. That's why, because it's, it goes against the Word of God. In the culture, what we're doing is we're bringing up kids that are self-reliant. They don't know how to interact face-to-face. -face. They forget what it's like to play outside. And, and they, they, the thing is, is this same culture is believing that there are many roads to heaven. And the only way is through grace. It's by faith. And it's in Jesus Christ. I heard this great analogy as I was putting this together. And I was watching the World Baseball Championship as Japan beat America. <laughs> we used to be good at baseball. I don't know what's going on now. We were doing all right, then we fell apart at the end. But the way it was put together, and it talks about Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, and the way it's put together is this. It says, uh, the Lord's baseball team is playing Satan's team. 
The Saints team is winning in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. And I know the women are like, oh, come on, a sports analogy, right? I'm sorry. And, and, so, uh, and, and so love comes up to the plate and bats a single. Faith comes up to the plate and gets on base. Now you have somebody on first and second. Why? Because faith never fails and love never fails. The next batter that comes up is godly wisdom. He takes four balls. Why? Because he's wisdom. Bases are loaded. Satan sees grace come up to bat. A little tiny grace. And so Satan turns around. I remember y'all of, of uh, baseball when, when they would tell everybody, sit down, he can't hit. <laughs> Satan tells everybody, sit down. Don't worry about this, this is an easy out. And Grace gets up, smashes a hit off of Satan's head, flying out of the park, hits a grand slam, and the Lord's team wins. The Lord explains, faith, love, and wisdom would have won the game, but you would have thought that you would have won the game by yourself. My grace is the only way that you get home. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 